0: Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the Book of Kings together. <coughs> we are on the first Book of Kings, Malachim Aleph, Parakimel, that is chapter 3. We are up to verse 16. <coughs> we just read of how Solomon asked God for wisdom. The wisdom, specifically the wisdom to rule justly and to be able to dispense justice in a wise and um, just manner. So, we are about to read one of the most famous stories uh, which um, about Solomon's life and an illustration of his wisdom, specifically coming regarding an issue of him dispensing justice. And we read this following story starting from verse 16 in chapter 3. <laughs> then, in other words, that sometime after Shlomo um, <coughs> had uh, requested wisdom of God in, in the episode we just read about, two women that were prostitutes came to the king, vata amod and they stood in front of him. Uh, presumably, the reason why it's important that they were prostitutes, it could be from several angles, and they're probably all somewhat true. Number one, they were from the lower segments of society, and we see Solomon spending. His time seeing and tending to the needs of everyone, even those that were in the lowest rungs <coughs> on the social uh, stratum. Another understanding also is because the particular episode that's about to take place, it would be less. It would it would be very difficult to conceive if the women were more upper class and had a lot of attendance at the birth and so on. So the story is only more likely to happen because the women were prostitutes and presumably. Having their babies on their own in some hut, some place. So vatomer haisha haachas. One of the women said, "Be adoni, please, my master." And this open door policy, where people could just come into the king, is something that we saw. We saw it earlier with David, when uh, when Yoav told uh, the woman from Tekoa to just walk into the king to seek an audience. We saw the way Avshalom stood outside and 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 criticized his father for not having an open door policy. <coughs> so we see that this was something that was common in those days. So one of the women come in and say, Please my master, I and this woman here. The way she refers to this other woman, this woman here, rather than by her name or some sort of a more Honorable title just shows how these two people had contempt for each other. We lived in one house. And I gave birth together with her in the house. So, And it was three days after I gave birth to a baby. And she also gave birth. We were together, it's just the two of us, helping each other, and that was it. zori There was no one else with us in the house. Only the two of us were in this house. So there were no other witnesses to what happened. And this woman's uh, son died in the middle of the night, because she was lying next to her child, and she uh, probably, uh, presumably rolled over or suffocated the child uh, tragically and lost her baby. In the middle of the night she got up and she took my son who was lying at my side and I, your servant, was asleep at the time. And she held him in her, in her bosom and she switched it out and put her dead son Next to me. And I woke up in the morning to nurse my son. And my son was dead. But then in the morning when it was light and I started, I I, I was thinking and I was looking him over. This was not the son that I gave birth to. This is quite a serious accusation and then the other woman said, "Lo, loki, it is my son that lived, and it is your son that died. loki, and the other one says, "No, it is your son that, it is son that died, it is my son that is alive And they thus continued speaking about each other before the king. So we have this fight going on, each one claiming that the, their son was the live one And the other one was, was The one who had lost their child And the king said "Zos This one says that, um, that this is my son who is alive And it is your son that died So here you have an extremely difficult situation And, how is, and there's no witnesses And there's no way to prove And this is long before DNA testing so there's no way to prove which one is the true mother of this live child who is before us. Vayomer Hamelach, and the king said, here, so here what you have is the king was listening. He was listening to the story, and he was baffled. So he says, Get me a sword. And they brought a sword to the king. Vayomer Hamelach, and the king said, Gezru Cut this living child into two pieces. Give half of it to one and half of it to the other. And the woman whose child was the live one said to the king, Because her, her um, compassion was, was, was overwhelmed. She was overwhelmed by, by her compassion over her son. About to see her son die, But and she said, "Be Adoni, please, my master, Tanu la etayelurachai, give her the live child, v'yameit Altimitu, but do not kill him." V'zoto merit gamli gamlach lo gezoru, but the other one said, "No, that it's neither the child will be neither mine nor yours. Go ahead, gezoru, cut the child into." So he had one woman begging, "No, go ahead, give it, give the child to her." And the verse identifies the, her as the mother. It says, Like the writer of the verse knows that she is the true mother. So, The king said, he Give the live child to her. She Do not kill him. She is the mother. The one who is pleading for the life of the child not to kill him. Now, um, one of the um, the uh, what w- the the simple way of understanding this is that that Solomon elicited this response in order to determine who the true mother was, right? And when he found the the woman who begged for mercy on the child was clearly the mother who would rather at least see her son live as as the child of uh, you know of someone else. And the hope that maybe, you know, down the road, maybe she can change things or whatever, rather than see him, God forbid, you know, get killed. Another way of understanding this is, is that what Solomon wanted to discover was, not so much that he cared who the genetic mother of this child was, but who does he want to give the baby to? You know, who would you want to give the baby to? Who cares who the mother is? I mean if you're stuck with one woman who says cut him in half and another woman who says please, please, please spare his life which one would be the better mother for this child? Which one would be the just, the right place for this child to go? And that answer should be obvious to anyone with a heart. So it doesn't really matter in the, in the end who the real mother was, right? The real mother the one who was the actual mother, the one who had the mercy and kindness and compassion that a mother needs to have to raise a child, was the one who pleaded with the king to save this child's life. And whether she was a genetic mother or not was really irrelevant. And that's the second way to understand this story. But regardless, we see how, how, how by, by listening to the women's pleas, by listening to them, Solomon was able to come to the best possible judgment. And all of the people of Israel heard the judgment that the king had judged. And they were in awe of the king. Sometimes Yira is translated as fear, but a much better translation in most contexts is awe. Because they saw the wisdom of God was within him to do justice. Anyone that heard the story would say (coughs) that the outcome of the story was a just one and that Solomon had had, gotten, had, had get, made a decision that resulted in the best possible justice for this child. This concludes chapter 3. Thank you so much for studying chapter 3 together with me. Looking forward to studying chapter 4, and of course the rest of the Book of Kings together. Have a wonderful day.